0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Well, the last several weeks, I've had some really fun experiences, so I want to share with you a couple of cool stories. I always look forward to God doing something new and just showing how He's so involved in our lives and turns things that we don't necessarily think are prophetic at the moment, and they become very prophetic in the moment. So one of them happened at the beginning of February, the first weekend of February, Robin and I go to this church called The Harbor. It belongs to a little bit larger movement called Antioch. And this last event they had, the first weekend of February, was their 30th year of doing this conference they call World Mandate. It's Friday night, all day Saturday, special speakers, a lot of worship, prayer, intercession. It's an amazing time. I went to part of it last year, and Robin and I got to go together this year. Anyway, as you've gotten to know me and you hear the things I say, one of the main things is if first loved is really working in your life, it's supposed to translate into to love, that you become more intentional of noticing people and loving them. So it was Saturday and we had just ended, I think, for a break or lunchtime. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, so I go into the men's room and someone else came right in behind me And it was a guy that I had seen earlier, where we were in the sanctuary, we're all worshiping, and most of the people at this conference, because Antioch really is intentionally focused on college-aged, 20-somethings, because a huge part, as you might guess from the title, world mandate, a big part of it's about mission, about people being called to see if God would send them to different parts of the world and ministry of any kind. And so they focus on college-age students and try to plant churches where the college students are. So Robin and I kind of, we're some of the more older ones there. I turned 60 here a couple of days ago, and yeah, wow. So I noticed off to my right, though, there was a guy that looked a little bit older than me maybe, and he's just worshiping with such freedom and energy and as was I and it was just nice to see someone else where most of it's the young people who are worshiping with all that kind of energy and so I was just really touched by it. It blessed me and so I walk into the men's room and this guy is like before the door closes, he comes through and I go, oh dude, I'm so glad you came in. which there's kind of a men's room etiquette. I don't know about you ladies, but when you get into the men's room, it's generally not much chit-chat. And so for me to kind of break the silence and go, oh, so cool that you walked in. I noticed you worshiping. And hi, my name's Mark. He says, my name's Bob. And I said, how old are you? He goes, 66. And I go, I'm just about 60. And He says, I know, we kind of stick out like a sore thumb, right? And I said, "Mm mm-hmm. He says, yeah, I came because my son asked me to come, and he's so excited about it. So I came down from New York State and have really enjoyed it so far, hanging out with him and all that God's doing. And so we just had fun chit-chatting and affirming our freedom to worship in both of our hearts and lives. So it was just a fun, quick little conversation. And yeah, it must have been before lunch, because then I did lunch. I come back out of the lunch area and I go into the lobby and there he is. And so I said, Yo, Bob. And he says, Hey, Mark. And he says, Wait, come here. I want you to meet my son. And so I come over there and his son, his name's Joshua. And he says, Joshua, this is Mark. He and his two other buddies all said simultaneously, Oh, the guy in the bathroom. And I'm like, Wait, what? what did you say about me in the bathroom? <laughs> and they said, well, you know, Dad was thought it was pretty wild that somebody had a conversation with him in the bathroom, but it meant a lot to him. And I went, well, that's cool. So anyway, it was just kind of a funny exchange. And so finally, Saturday night, it's late. It's 10 o'clock. I'm on the prayer team. And I go up front, and I'm asking the Lord who to pray for because a lot of the young people had come up there. And I see... Bob's son, Joshua. And I'm thinking, well, I know who he is. Lord, is there someone else I want to be really led by you? But I couldn't get him off my mind. So I went over to him, and I said, Josh, can I pray for you? And he said, sure. Well, the one other detail was the guy that spoke that night, kind of as a random tangent. Instead of saying his full name, he says JT. And truthfully, I can't even remember what the T stood for now, but he didn't like his middle name. But he was challenged one day, I don't know if it was by a family member or whoever, that his name had meaning. He was just kind of, again, as a tangent, he was saying to all of us, be careful about despising your name or something, because often the Lord's in it, and that you were named not just kind of randomly by your parents or whatever, but often he's in that. And so that's the background. So I see Joshua there. So I come over to him, and I just wait quietly for a moment and see what the Lord would put in my mind. Well, because his name is Joshua and my firstborn is Joshua, I suddenly thought of the book of Joshua. And we named Joshua Joshua on purpose because of that, where I love how it begins that just as I was with Moses, the Lord says, I will also be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And chapter three, there's this whole preparation for crossing the river and going into the promised land. And so, first of all, I felt impressed to say to Joshua, I said, you know, I remember the speaker tonight saying something about your name, and I just believe by faith that God wants to say to you, your name absolutely has significance, and I think in two ways. One is that you're a leader, and I really sense from the Lord that you're going to be one of the leaders that would really take your generation into God's promises in a way that our generation really hasn't that there's leadership on you for that, and that he's going to empower and anoint you. And so I just pray, Lord, bless that. But the other thing was the beginning of the chapter goes on where the Lord says, be careful to obey everything my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn to the right or to the left, and then you'll be successful wherever you go. He says also, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. And again, he says, you'll be successful and prosperous. Well, I say that to him, and I say, I think also, Joshua, that the Lord wants to encourage you that I know you know the word some, I think, but I think he really wants you to press in to know his word well, and that that's going to be part of your leadership is telling people this is what the Lord says, this is his word, and I don't know if it's teaching or just what, but I sense the Lord really wants to tell you that. That's a part of your name, that you're to know the word in the same way, to not let it depart, internalize it, et cetera, et cetera. So then finally after saying that stuff, I just finished blessing him, praying for him, and music was playing, so I'm leaning over into his ear so he can hear. So then I step back, and I look at him and just say, so Josh, what do you think? Or how would that impact you? Something like that. And He's looking at me like a deer in the headlights. And I go, so... He goes, I just can't believe it. Of course, that's my favorite line. Well, try me, you know. (laughs) So he says, I came up for prayer tonight because of the one line that that guy said, take your name serious. And I've been standing here saying, Lord, all I want to hear is something speak to me about my name. I let out this huge, holy cow, (laughs) And he's looking at me just going, yeah, I mean, I'm serious. I'm just saying, Lord, I'm here for you to say something to me about my name. And I do all this stuff about his name, and I'm all excited, like that's good enough for me. And then he goes, no, 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 there's more. And I go, what? He says, you know, there's this prayer room, and sometimes people are praying, but they get prophetic things for you too. Well, I was in that prayer room this afternoon, and one of the people spoke over me prophetically and talked to me about the fact that God had an anointing on me for me to know his word, to teach his word, and I need to internalize his word and know his word, and you said all that to me. And now, like, I'm crazy excited, whereas before I was about ready to pass out. I'm so exhausted, and I could hardly fall asleep because I was just so overwhelmed by I was not going to pray for him because I thought, well, we made a connection or whatever. And yet here again, stuff that the Lord has put into my soul and internalized, he had me speak to Joshua, and I didn't know it was going to be prophetic, but you see how phenomenally prophetic that was. It's crazy stuff. In 1 Corinthians 14, when he says that the prophetic is supposed to encourage, strengthen, build up, edify, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. It was so exciting. Well, also, this past week, I was in Honduras at the discipleship school. This is my sixth year, and I go twice, once in October, once in February, and so I was there to teach getting along. On Saturday, though, we finished at noon, and I said I'd be available to the students for Saturday afternoon if anybody had questions or whatever. So one of the young men came up to me and said, Mark, can we meet? So I sat with him, and he was actually one of the Spanish kids, so I had to get a translator. But he just starts to pour out his heart that he was so overwhelmed by a ton of sin that he had done. He's only 21 or two. But he was just so aware of all the wrong that he'd committed, uh, sexual sin of all kinds, and he was really distressed about it. So we did the memory healing prayer stuff of him pouring out his pain and just letting the Lord come and love him in it, remove the guilt and shame and speak forgiveness into his soul. And he felt so clean. It was such a powerful time, I'm telling you. And uh, we'd seen this movie. It was crazy. We'd all watched this movie on Thursday night called... The Last Sin Eater. Michael Shannon Jr. had made this movie based on the book, and the idea is that this culture actually believed that somebody could eat sin, and they'd come and eat the sin all up in order so that the person wouldn't have the sin when they died. But this poor young girl, she's so stressed out, and she doesn't want to wait till she dies. She wants all her sin to go away, and this evangelist shows up, and shares about Jesus. And it was just so funny. We got to laughing so hard because I looked over at him and said, the ultimate sin eater just showed up in your life today. And do you feel like that little girl who wanted to sing and run and dance through the fields? And he goes, I really do. I really do. I feel so free. I'm so excited. It was just so much fun. So then we were sitting there just kind of reveling in all that the Lord had done and the freedom. Well, earlier I had heard my sister on a blog cast She was telling the story of just being led by the Spirit and a neighbor, and she had in her mind what her neighbor needed, and then she felt like the Spirit told her, say this. And in that case, it was super prophetic and blew the lady's doors off and starts a conversation and Cherith gets the leader to the Lord. That's all the part of it I heard. It was kind of this introduction to get everybody to be interested and then listen to the whole broadcast. Well, That's all I had time for. That's what I heard. So I'm sitting there, and that morning, I'd pray, Father, I want to be more led like that. We're often in prayer. He gives me things to do, but I just wanted to have such a clear sense, like do this or say that. And so I'm just sitting there. We're reminiscing. We're quiet. And this thought comes. I went, I'm going to do it. So I turned to him, and I said, Antonio, I have this thought, and I've been asking the Lord if he has anything else he wants to say to you. And this thought is about your heart. And I started saying stuff about his heart, that, that he had a heart after David, the fact that I've known him now for two years, and he has gone out of his way to be vulnerable, to want prayer. That when The first time he came to me, everybody went out playing, and he stayed back to go, Mark, I just feel like there's so much blockage. I can't feel God's love. Would you pray for me? And I just loved his heart, and I felt like the Lord wanted to say the same, and that In the sense that he had a heart like David that was totally loyal and committed, where even David sinned, but he never sinned in terms of being disloyal to God and committing idolatry. He remained humble before the Lord. You know, Psalm 51, just that whole repentance psalm, it's just amazing. And as I'm saying this to Antonio, the thought that pops into my mind is that verse in Proverbs. I don't know the exact reference, I meant to check that out, but it's the one when he says, guard your heart. Or from it issues of the wellsprings of life. And I looked at him and I just said, Guard your heart. What you did today, the times you've come to me, your humility, your loyalty, guard your heart because I believe God can use you in greater levels of leadership as you mature and grow because you have a heart after Him and He can trust your heart. Well, so then I said, Okay, anything about that that was meaningful? <laughs> And maybe you've already guessed it. He says, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I go, what? He says, two days ago, I read that verse, and I have spent the last two days meditating on it and saying, Lord, what does that mean? What does it mean to guard my heart? And here you just spoke all this specific stuff about how to guard my heart and the importance of guarding my heart. And we all just, again, we just started laughing and going, God, you are so amazing. Brothers and sisters, my friends, I'm telling you, if we don't step out, if we don't speak, if we don't try, and either way, the things I said, they wouldn't necessarily have been bad things. I mean, there were very nice things to say. There were still good things, loving things. But the more times that we step out and do it, and however the Lord would use you, you would just never know how it's going to become so profoundly prophetic for the one who's listening. And again, what that means to me is the Lord identifying things that only he and that person knows. And you can't know. And it tells them that God knows their name. He knows the very hairs of their head. He knows them. He loves them. He knows the thoughts that are in their mind and their prayers that are on their heart. And it is so profoundly loving and powerful and intimate in a way that God communicates that he knows. And remember, that's why Paul said, please, if you're going to excel in any gift, excel in the gift of prophecy. And especially, I think it's 1424, 25, somewhere in there, where he says, when the whole church is prophesying and there's unbelievers in their midst, they will fall down and worship God saying, truly, God is among you. Because how could anybody know these things without God's presence, God's knowledge? So anyway, I just wanted to tell you these two really fun stories for me. And I pray that it would be encouraging to you to continue to be intentional about sharing His love, reaching out to do something, to just be the presence and the love of Jesus to somebody because you just don't know how the Lord will use that and what's going on in their life and how it could so impact them. So Lord, we just pray, this is spurring one another on to love and good deeds, Hebrews 13. But Lord, I just pray that this would spur us on to love and good deeds. Help us, Lord, because there are people out there that need to know that you know them and that you love them. And so help us, Lord, to be so much more intentional, whether it's with unbelievers, family, small group, Sunday mornings, whatever it is, Lord, empower us to the praise of your glory and our joy, in Jesus' name. So God bless you all and have a great week.